Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. Rabbi. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was a student of both Hillel and Shammai. That is remarkable in itself, considering how often Hillel and Shammai disagreed, and one can appreciate the value of having learned from both of them and the alertness to the many sides of a question and of a story that one would have from having learned from both of them. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai went on to be the teacher of many of the great masters of the Mishnah. And the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot lists his five students. It says, Chamisha Talmidim Hayulo, the Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had five students. And this is who they are. Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkanus, and Rabbi Hoshua ben Hanania, and Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, and Rabbi Shimon ben Netanel, and Rabbi Elazar ben Arach. And in addition to whatever he taught them of the textual traditions that he had received from his teachers, Hillel and Shammai, he also taught them experientially. And so we read in Pirkei Avot that he said to them, Tzu'u ure'u ezohi derch yeshara ba ha'adam. Go out, meaning leave the Beit Midrash, leave the place of formal textual learning, and go and see what is the straight path or the direct path to which a person should attach themselves and cling. Rabbi Eliezer says, Ein tova, a good eye. Rabbi Yehoshua says, Chaver tov, a good friend. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shachain tov. Rabbi Yossi says, a good neighbor. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Haro'e et anolad. He says, see what will come of a situation. And finally, Rabbi Elazar says, Lev Tov, a good heart. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai considers these five responses, and he says to them, ani et Elazar ben Arach. I see, or what makes sense to me, are the words of Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, because because included in his words are your words. So he has a path to which a person should attach themselves that includes your paths as well. The second answer, that one provided by Rabbi Hoshua, is an interesting one. Chaver Tov, a good friend as a path to which a person should cling. And certainly anyone who has had a Chaver Tov, a good friend, knows just how much that can provide. But what does he mean by a Chaver Tov? One could imagine the definition of that role changing with the times. 
Revavadia of Bartanura, a famous medieval commentary on the tractate Masechet Avot, says, Shemochicho a good friend is someone who rebukes you when they see you doing something which is not fitting and not appropriate. We are familiar with this orientation toward friendship, wherein the friend is the person who keeps us on the straight and narrow. They are the person who remind us of what our values are and are not only not afraid to, but are allowed to remind us when we have deviated from the path and from the values to which we are ostensibly committed. And most commentaries on this Mishnah in Pirkei Avot about Chaver Tov tend to follow that trajectory. But aside from, or in addition to this kind of friend, as a chavruta, as a person whose job it is to push me to become better, there's another kind of friend. And we find this friend discussed in this week's Parsha. After the brothers sell Yosef into slavery, and he will make his way down to Egypt, the Torah turns its attention to Yehuda. Yehuda has turned aside from the family and has moved into a community, found a wife, and had three kids, Er, Onan, and Shela. He found a wife for his son Er, and her name was Tamar. The Torah tells us that Er was evil in the eyes of God. Rashi fills in the blanks that Er refused to impregnate his wife Tamar, because he didn't want her to become less beautiful. So he was killed by God. According to custom in the ancient world, if a man married a woman and did not have children, then the man's brother would marry the woman and have children, and those children would be considered as children of the brother who had died. So Yehuda marries Tamar to Onan. Onan also refused to impregnate Tamar for different reasons. The Torah tells us because he knew that the children of this union would not be considered to be his. Again, they would be considered to be his older brothers, who was deceased, and therefore he also refused to impregnate Tamar, and he too was killed. At that point, Yehuda, who is not privy to the information about why his two oldest sons died, must have considered Tamar to be something of a black widow of sorts, and therefore refused to marry his third son, Shela, to Tamar, though he didn't tell her that directly. Rather, he said to her, because Shela is young still at this point in the story, go back and live in your father's house, and I'll let you know when Shela is ready to marry her which I assume is the biblical equivalent of don't call me, I'll call you. The Torah says, a long time passed and Tamar saw that she had not been married to Shela. Meanwhile, Tamar was told that Yehuda had gone up to graze his sheep in Timnah. 
she dresses herself as a prostitute and goes and encamps at the crossroads through which Yehuda will pass on his way there or back from the sheep grazing ritual. Yehuda sees her. He takes the bait. He asks to lay with her. She says, what will you give me? He says, I will give you a goat. She says, give me some collateral until you deliver that goat. He gives her his signet along with his tasseled garment, which I believe today would be the equivalent of giving someone your driver's license. And he lays with her and she becomes pregnant and he goes on his way. Then the Torah says, Vaishlach Yehuda et Gedi Ha'idim, and Yehuda sent the goat, Biyad Re'ehu Ha'adulami, in the hands of his friend, the Adulamite. Vakachat Ha'eravon Miyada Isha, in order to retrieve the collateral from the hands of the woman. But, Vadomitza'ah, Yehuda's friend couldn't find her. Vaishal et and he asked the people of that place, saying, where is that prostitute who was on the crossroads? And they said, There was never a prostitute here. And Yehuda, he goes back to Yehuda. And he said, I didn't find her. The rest of the story is that Tamar is pregnant. Yehuda finds out that his daughter-in-law is pregnant. She wasn't supposed to have sex with anyone. She's supposed to be waiting for the third son, Shela, whom he is withholding from her. When he finds out that she's pregnant, since Yehuda is some sort of priest or some sort of leader in that community, he decrees that she must be burned, God forbid. And as she's being taken out to be burned, she says... The person to whom this signet and this tasseled garment belong, he is the one with whose baby I am pregnant. Yehuda recognizes what has happened. He calls off the sentence. She gives birth to Peretz and Zerach. And Peretz is the ancestor of King David. There are a lot of incredible and important relationships that can be studied just in this small section of the Torah. And it's interesting that Rabbi Simcha Bunim of Prashischa focused on the relationship between Yehuda and his friend. And he said as follows, Shada Adam tzarich leyot haver tov a person has to have a good friend to whom they can tell everything. Like we find by Yehuda. They had this friend, like Chira. To whom he was able to tell of all that had happened to him in this matter. This is the friend to whom Yehuda said, listen, I was on my way to grazing the sheep and there was this tent and there was this prostitute there and I slept with her and I didn't have any money and I told her I'd give her a goat 
and she took my signet and she took my tassel and I want to get him back and I'm a little bit embarrassed and I don't want to go myself. And could you go, could you bring her this goat so I can get my stuff back? And absolutely separate from condoning any of the behavior in which Yehuda engaged, let us notice and appreciate for a moment the depth of a friendship in which you can go to a person and say, I did this thing and it's kind of dumb and I'm kind of embarrassed. Can you help me out? And if the only model we had for a friendship was that one that I spoke about in the beginning, the commentaries on Rabbi Hoshua's statement that the way, the path to which a person should cling is the path of a good friend and the commentaries like Ravavadia Mibartanura who said you need that friend who will rebuke you and keep you on the straight path. If all we have is that kind of friend, we're going to be in trouble. When I get into that embarrassing situation and I need someone who's not going to chastise me and not rebuke me and not tell me how much of an idiot I am and not ask so many questions about how I got into this, this situation that I'm in. Rather, needing someone who's just going to help. It's just going to honor me at that moment by not asking, not telling me what I already know, helping me out, giving me support. That's also a kind of friend that we need. So in this short passage, in the name of Rav Simcha Bonam Prashischa, which, by the way, is conveyed by way of one of his main students, the Kutzker Rebbe, one of the great teachers of honesty and authenticity, in that same short passage we read that Rabbi Shlomo of Karlin, another one of the great Rebbe's of the Hasidic movement, when he came to his Rav, he would always try to show his lackings. So that the Rebbe could rectify him. And not like the Hasidim, not like the other followers, when they come to their rabbi, they try the opposite. To show that they're together. That they have it together. To show that they're in Torah and they love the Torah and they fear God. And they hide the bad. That's what most people do when they go to the Rebbe. Rosh Shlomo Kawim Dafka tried to show the Rebbe where he was coming up short, the things he was embarrassed about, the things he wasn't getting right. And that is something we need. We need to have a friend that we can stop hiding. We need to have a friend with whom we can stop pretending that we're on it and that we're optimized and that we're doing great and everything's fine and everything's wonderful. We need that friend, at least one, to whom we can show what's really going on. I'm a mess. I'm embarrassed. I've done some dumb things. I need your help. And I'm not going to want to share that if the guy's just going to yell at me, if the guy's just going to tell me what an idiot I am. I need a friend to whom I can show my true self, warts and all, and have that friend listen and hold that with me. So these are two kinds of friends. And there are many more, but these are two kinds of friends that kind of stand opposite each other. And I would say we need both. We need chavrutas. 
We need people who are out there whose job it is to tell us how to get back on track, whose job it is to show us where we're coming up short, whose job it is to remind us of what it's all about and what we need to do in order to get there. And we're going to need these other kinds of friends as well. We're going to need friends who can show us that they love us and accept us no matter what, who know that there's a time and place for everything, and it's not now. And sometimes you just need to listen and help in the most basic way. And we'll get to the other work later.